Hello, welcome to Mark Langley's Horsemanship Podcast. I'm Jenny Barnes. And I'm Mark Langley. Morning, Mark. This morning we've got some questions from our members. Um, now you're back at home. The first one is from Leisha. Um, she is interested in your thoughts on the side pull bitless rope bridle. And she says that she's um, started with your clinics and she's fenced that. And I think she brought a, clin- a horse to one of your clinics. And her horse, since doing the clinic and the challenges, he's really stepped up and become a leader. His walk was so fast the other day, it was almost a trot. Oh, good on you, Lisa. That's really, really nice to hear. Um, I knew if you, you, you stuck it out for a little while and um, handed over the responsibility to him, he, he would start to search and, and start to think for himself. So it's, and and it's, it sounds like uh, you, you've been progressing well. Um, but just before I mention... Uh, answer the question on, on uh, the thoughts on the side pull and, and halter and stuff. Um, what, I, what I might want to just say is now that he's walking out nice and freely and he's thinking forward, just be uh, conscious that he doesn't start to sort of uh, destinate. And what I mean by destinate is he doesn't start to just, um, you know, think too far ahead because some horses that have been a little troubled and, um, you know, they're, they're sort of, they don't think forward softly when they ride and they've been sort of chased along with legs and things like that. Um, you have to be careful that the opposite doesn't happen because that can happen is once they get that confidence and think out then if there's still there's still some issues there with with people and, and certain things under saddle then um, they may start to sort of um, um, you know bypass one thing for another that means they'll, 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 they'll think ahead and maybe start to <clears throat> um, not forget you're up there but just just zone out a little in in going forward so just be conscious of that, that he doesn't just end up ambling, thinking, but his ears pointed off over the horizon, marching along in that, so you, so you keep the balance right, okay, because it's not about just, you know, getting a, a horse that doesn't want to move forward, suddenly to move forward, then have the opposite, so so, so just, just keep an eye on that. Um, and yeah, with, with the side pulls, and, and you'll see me ride in a holder a lot, it's just because, I, you know, I've got a holder in my bag, and I put a holder on and ride in it, but mostly I'd recommend... Um, most people for, for their general riding a side pull because it's the closest thing in the sense of, of riding in a snaffle bit which most people seem to be used to over here in Australia uh, riding in some sort of you know jointed snaffle or, or, or you know there's more of a two rein system um, and also it's easier to get a bit more sort of lateral softness in your horses because your reins are coming from the side so, so if I was to sort of make a little ring there for the camera um, if if that was a, a say a holder or a bosal, so bosal the, the the where my where my thumbs join would be the knot. So basically, if you want a horse to look right, obviously that you know my right, they're going to go that way or go that way. So with a side pull, if you would pull on that rein on this side, it's going to go that way, which is correct to the bend of the horse. And if you're going to pull that way, it goes like that. Whereas with if you pull a halter or a bosal, obviously the um, it pulls off and twists the nose bend in, in the opposite direction kind of thing. So for some people, especially with a stiff bosal, it's, it's easy to put a brace in a horse if, you, if you're not conscious and careful with what you're doing. So I would sort of say to a lot of people, if they're going to do a bit of mixed riding with their horses and stuff like that, is, is a side pull is a really good option. Um, and the good thing about side pulls, there's some nice leather ones made out there. They sort of they fit in with your tack and things like that. If I was going to buy a side pull, I'd tend to go for a, a well-made leather one opposed to a, a, a rope one, um, just because once you get to that sort of, uh, it's just a, got, got a bit more structure and doesn't move around and slip around on the head as much. 
Um, just be conscious of, of you know, sometimes um, the bit behind their eyes that, that when it twists it doesn't get up in their eyes too much. So, so you just look at that. But yeah, good leather side pull's a good option. Um, but if you're, if you're happy just riding around in the holder, and for now that's fine. Um, but just be conscious that there will be a changeover process where the horse gets a little uh, unsure because the rein and the twisting on its nose will be a little different from when you have the holder on. So you've got to allow you know, so, so many rides for the, for, to, to, to just get your horse to readjust. Whereas some people just put something else on and go, oh, it doesn't work, the other one was better. Um, it's not the case, it's just that the horse doesn't understand it the same because it's slightly different and it takes a little bit to sort of change over. But yeah, thanks Lisa. That, that's, I'm glad things are going well too. Okay, Kylie has had uh, quite a few horses in her life and they've all been um, happy, people-orientated, keen-for-life horses and they want to do. But she now has a seven-year-old gelding that she's had um, since last year who arrived incredibly angry and sour and unrideable, totally disinterested in people. After she's been treating him for ulcers, um, he's now sort of much better in the paddock, he calls out to her. But with riding, he just doesn't seem interested at all. She's struggling to connect with him, and she feels like he just goes through the paces and does what he's asked, but doesn't really enjoy it. Um, how do you help a horse want to engage and feel good about doing when they already technically do everything you ask, just seem disinterested no matter what variety you throw in. She feels lost and unmotivated as he does everything she asks of him, groundwork and ridden, but just doesn't feel like he wants to be there and she hates that feeling. Yeah, what, you, what you're struggling with there is, is a common thing that, 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 that I come across at clinics is the, the robotic sort of horses that are just do it. I guess because they don't want to be put under more pressure and some of them are actually kind of hiding from the pressure in a sense so they're not engaging with what they're doing or they're engaging with us they're just robotic about it and because they're obedient it's very hard to um, like you said very hard to sort of because they do everything you think well how am I going to get them to, to do something softly and the key to that is um, and just before I go on to, to answering that there's a lot of people that have a good relationship with their horses out in the paddock and the horse knows when you put the trainer's hat on and, and, and this is a, it's, it's the past of the horse that you're, you're dealing with, not necessarily something that you've done with your horse, it's more so the past and the way it's been trained. Um, but you know, some people will go out and they'll connect with their horses in the paddock and spend time with them and, and, and the horse will start to soften to them but the horses end up only softening to the, the paddock person. It's like, um, you know, you, when I, when I, put my plain clothes on and go out, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm just going to go out and spend time with my horse, but when I go and put my riding boots on and my, um, you know, my riding clothes, the horse goes, oh right, here comes the, the drill, and then this, they, they start to turn off as soon as they sort of go into that work environment, and that's why, um, you know, if you're working on building a stronger connection with your horses, and if you're building, you ha it has to be a balance of the right education to help horses um, become soft, um, throughout their work opposed to just um, you know we're, we're you know, like us when we're not working with them and then when we work our, our, our operational platforms making the horses feel troubled so um, but but to answer your question uh, what I would I, I really encourage people to do less on their horses uh, so basically for a horse that's, that knows everything and well seems to know everything but it's, but it's just quite 
quite braced about it all, <clears throat> um, you've got to make them feel a little lost because when you make them feel lost, then you know what the horse feels like when it's lost. Uh, now, um, when the horse is lost, they start going, well, what do you want me to do? I don't know what to do. I might just stand here. I might just walk to the gate. Um, as soon as you take off all the pressures and aids and maybe just ask for one thing, that horse will go, okay, well, I've done that now. Oh, oh, you're not really up there anymore. I might just wander off. And that's when you'll find the horse starting to search. So you've actually got to set it up so the horse makes some positive decisions for itself, which means the first so many positive decisions in a horse that's been troubled is going to be negative in your point of view. So, you know, for instance, I'm going to drop the reins. Well, not drop them. You know, you keep your hand on the reins, but loosen the reins off. And you're going to say, well, I'm going to ask you to go. And I'm in the arena, say, for instance, and the horse is going to go, well, since you're not steering me and making me do anything, now that my feet are moving, well, I'm free to go where I want by the feels of this. Well, I'm just going to wander off over here. So that's, that's, a, that's an example of a positive decision for the horse, a negative decision for the person. But the thing about your horse is your horse has been constantly doing negative things, as in feeling negative about everything it's doing, because it hasn't been engaging in what it's doing. It's just going, oh, I've got to move away from pressure. And as I said, it's the most common thing I see. Horses are just, you know, why I've spent you know, most of my sort of clinic life and, and training or professional training life trying to figure out ways that we can operate horses without carrying them around with energy and drive all the time is so we can get a horse to engage with a task and think about stuff and go towards its thoughts instead of away from focus. Now away from focus is the horse focusing on pressure, just moving away from it, not, not, not thinking about what it's doing. That's why a lot of times they carry, they're sour and they're, they're, they're carrying tension is because nobody likes looking over their shoulder, walking away from what they're running away from. Um, it, it always sets up for a bad feeling and that's horses are being carried with legs and reins and things like that. That's the same as groundwork. If you ride them in a certain way, they're just carried with energy. So, so back to the positive negative decisions is the horse has to be thinking about what it's doing. So it, for the horses that have been kind of micromanaged, and it sounds like that's the horse that you've got, is you know, it does everything it's told, but you take all that away and it goes, oh, what do you want me to do? Okay. So, so most commonly with those horses, I'll just say to the person, ask for one thing and, and hand over responsibility to your horse. Okay, don't, don't be responsible for keeping it going. Don't be responsible for keeping it on the line that you want it to go on or the corner you want it to go on. Just let it do one thing. So that one thing might be, I want you to move. And if you stop, then I'm going to use my legs and say, move again. But otherwise, I'm just going to sit up here like a tourist on a beach ride. Um, and the horse is going to go, geez, this is, this is, you know, I've got all this room and I don't really know what to do. I'm a little bit lost. So the horse will go to doing what it wants to do and going towards its thoughts. And, and, and if it's got negative thoughts, it'll, it'll seek out where it last felt safe in most common situations. It might go to the arena gate. It might walk, walk down the paddock to where the other horses are, whatever your setting may be. So basically, you, you kind of allow it to, to, to search and um, but when you get to a dead end, a dead end to me might be just a corner of a fence where you have to steer your horse or a definite no-go area. might be just like um, I'm turning around and I'm at the arena gate, so you say, well, that, that door's closed. So you just take a rein and say, well, that's not working over there. Steer, try something else. And then the horse will go, oh, I might stop. And then you go, oh, by the way, I've handed over responsibility. Go again. So you might use your legs to say go. And the horse will go, okay. Every time I stop, I'm asked to go. 
So I have to keep going. So then after a while the horse get realises that, oh, you want me to keep going, I'll keep going. Um, and then after a while the horse will start to go, oh, maybe that's not working over there, maybe that's not working over there, maybe I'll try this. And it might start to try something that's in the general idea of something that you might both agree on. And then, 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 then you'll just travel in that way and go, yeah, that's working. Um, so basically you're setting it up where the boundaries are a lot further apart and, and the responsibility is more on the horse opposed to you. If you hand the responsibility over people, it doesn't, it's, you know, when you say I'm handing responsibility to you, people go, oh no, you know, it's, it's a horse that we're teaching, you know, we, it's not ready to hand, you know, well, well that's the, it's the opposite. Horses like responsibility because it means that we're not hassling them all the time. We hand it over and they, and they go, okay, I can walk, I can, I can, I can do this, you don't have to sh show me all the time. So, just to recap on that, it's basically ask your horse to go and then hand over responsibility. So you have to allow it to stop before you ask it to go again. This is just one way, and another way would be with the reins, but um, so basically you ask, your horse stops, you ask it to go again until it realises keep, it keeps going. And the lady with the first question that came through, that's pretty well what we did with her horse, sit up there like a tourist, and this because the horse would always just suck back and stop, suck back and stop. And, and now, now she's having a horse that's moving out freely, and, and she just committed to that. I'm not going to micromanage. I'm not going to helicopter ride you. Uh, helicopter riding is like helicopter parenting. You're just helicoptering around them all the time. Um, so the horse stops, and then you ask it to go, and what happens? It keeps going. And then the next thing is, is it's going to search, and, and you basically allow it to search towards where it wants to go for a little bit until you say that door's closed and then it'll search somewhere else until eventually the, the repetitive door, which might be the gate, the horse starts to turn off to and then it might start searching in other areas and then after a while it might start to go, well I might just soften and go with you, okay? And then you can maybe bring the boundaries in a little closer and say, you know, but still for a while on a horse like that it's only one thing at a time to let them sort of figure stuff out. The other thing I want to really make clear to everybody is, is I can get up on a horse and look like I'm micromanaging it um, at a clinic. This is more of a lesson that just sort of just keeps it really simple for you and the horse. But I might get up on a horse and teach it how to back up. I might get up on it and teach it to steer properly. Now properly I mean the horse is thinking about the turn, it's thinking, it's, 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 its thoughts are going into the turn. So when I teach a horse how to steer, I'm actually getting the horse to steer and think about it not just move away from pressure. Now I'm not going to explain that on the camera, that's something you'd probably have to, you know, visit me for or look at some videos or something like that because it's 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 basically I'm trying to say is you're getting the horse to engage with it and, and there's going to be so many little things in there that you're trying to sort of look at. And when the horse can engage with the back up and thinks about it and it takes away then it, then it carries that thought, it's doing it itself, which means it's going towards its thoughts. Same with the left rein or the right rein, it's going towards its thoughts. Once the horse is definitely um, going towards his thoughts then it stops running away from pressure and once you can sort of see the horse change his thoughts, flick an ear in a turn, think into the turn and then you loosen up and go with it then basically the horse actually engaged with the new direction goes in the new direction it's not just thinking about what's moving away from so when you're turning, when you're backing, when you use your legs you have to um, commit to something until the horse is actually thinking it, not just moving away from the uncomfortable pressure. That's something you really got to address in, 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 in your riding. But setting up that sort of basic scenario that I spoke about earlier is really important to get a horse to search. 
Um, and then from there we, we, we move along to some other things, but I'll probably leave it there and say, well, work on that for a little while and see how you go. Maybe at another question and answer, send another question, you know, you know, just let me know how you went by handing over more responsibility to your horse and being a bit more thoughtful about, um, you know, if the horse is thinking about what it's doing when you're using the reins or not. But thank you. Talking about micromanaging, Susan has sent a question about, about that. Um, she's got a horse that stops suddenly in both the walk and the trot. She's not cantering on it yet. Um, she'll go forward again, but she isn't happy about it. It usually happens as she goes around the corner and starts heading away from home. And she started doing it a little bit more as she's been asking her to do a bit more. She's been asking her to get her thoughts to stay on me, but it feels like micromanaging. Have you got any ideas? Yeah. Um, so just on that question, the, the, the first question came through from, from Lisa. I'm going back to that because it's fresh on my... I was, I, I was only just in Swan Hill a little while ago, so that horse is fresh in my memory. Um, and basically the same scenario was happening there is the horse would always just suck back not go forward, suck back, not go forward, um, and 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 um, it's very easy to want to micromanage and keep them going. And 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 basically, what I say is sometimes the best riders sometimes have relied on their raw talent to to get their horses to go, which doesn't always work in the sense of um, when a horse really sort of starts to sort of quit or, or a really horse that hasn't got a lot of confidence and things like that because if you just use your raw ability and confidence to ride then the horse sometimes ends up like the last uh, question with the horse that's just angry about everything. So the best to ride is if they don't have a, um, a horsemanship mind on them and think about the, the mental well-being of their horses, uh, their, their, their raw talent and ability can actually put a horse in a bad place. So you have to be mindful of um, every decision you make and every question that you ask your horse and every answer that it um, you know, responds, you know, every, every answer it gives you. You have to be very mindful of it. But um, basically, um, like there's a, a, little, a while ago, I was helping a lady years ago, it was a little Arab pony, a uh, little Arab horse that came around at the gate. And, and as she was coming around to the gate, she'd start sucking back and she'd be preparing for the legs. Now, obviously, they're going to the gate. There's a lot of people got different ideas why they go to the gate, and some say it's to rest, and and it's like I think that's the worst word you can use because I think it's because they want to go to somewhere where they last felt safe. That's the way I say because if you just say work and rest or things like that, basically all you're sort of saying is the horse is lazy, and anxiety is not the problem. Uh, anxiety is mostly the problem in all cases. So, so basically, the horse. It's going to the gate because it's the last place that feels safe or it's the thing that knows, you know. If you're unsure, like put a human in, in the same situations, if, if you're unsure and anxious, you're going to go to safety that you're going to be, either go to the people that you like, you're going to go to the last place that you were comfortable. Like if you were lost in a city, you'd go back to where you, were, where you knew you were sort of thing. So, and that's like horses. They're just trying to seek the last thing that they remembered where they felt pretty comfortable. That's the way I see it. And... And I think if we see it like that, then we treat it more of a of a problem that we that, that we help them through, opposed to saying, "Oh, you know, you just don't want to go to work." Okay, so um, so she used to come around to the corner uh, and and suck back, 
and she starts sucking back knowing now she was if if she was a greener horse she would have just went to the gate and not sucked back and pinned her ears but she's to suck back and pin her ears because she knew the next response that the person was going to do was put the legs on her so the person as she slowed down and at the gate she was ready for those legs to come on so she was like sucking back ready to say i'm going to fight your legs so she was sort of bracing for the fight so so basically as the lady was riding actually i rode her and, and i rode around and i and i felt her and i said okay um we come to the arena gate where she started to suck back and want to stop and she said you're going to use your legs and i just sat on her and i went no i'm not and i just sat there and she went mm. 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 you didn't use your legs mm. and then she softened changed the thought and then i quickly steered her and i trotted her out in a new direction so basically she was saying i'm going to fight you and i say well i'm not going to fight you and then when i didn't fight her then she goes, oh, oh, and that, that fight, fight frame of mind went out of her mind. And then uh, when she was softened again, we, we just went on about our business. So I said to her, I'm not going to get in a fight knowing that she knew exactly what I was going to do. And a lot of horses know exactly what we're going to do and prepare for it. And they're actually preparing to brace. So in a situation, if she's a horse like that, where she knows you're going to kick her when she's sucking at that gate and she's sort of stopping, then don't just steer her maybe, even if you got to the gate and she was all prepared for this battle then all I would do is just turn around with the rein and say maybe think about something else until I see a change in her expression and, and, and I feel the change in her body and then I might gently ask her with my legs to move off in a new direction um, so in situations like that that's a, that's a way where I'll use the reins opposed to go straight to the legs but sometimes I might wait a little bit and, and just see what happens you know because there's a trainer I have to experiment all the time and I don't just go in with the answer without sitting on the horse and going, what's going to be the best answer or what's going to be the best way I can help? So I experiment. Some horses, I might feel them suck back. I won't do anything. Others, I might just feel the first part of the suck back and I might just change them thought and steer them somewhere else. It just all depends on, on the horse. But and, and, I'll, and I'll say it is that too. So you can wait a little till the horse softens and then you just use your reins to sort of just keep steering it until like, like and what I mean people find it a bit confusing when i say you know a one rein start because they because they're used to learning one rein stop all the time but to me a one rein start if you're sitting on a horse it's no different to leading a foal if you pick up a lead rope and walk that lead rope somewhere or that lead rope goes anywhere the horse should move its feet towards that lead rope if you didn't teach a horse to do that then the horse would always pull back so people find it funny when i hang on to a rein until the horse moves its feet because they think oh your legs are for moving its feet and i go well no, because on the ground, a horse is it's always taught to, to move its feet with the feel of the lead, whichever way that lead goes, so it never gets itself in trouble. And suddenly when we get on and ride horses, we suddenly forget about the reins being such a powerful tool. We think, oh, we've got to kick them up with our legs, and then we just point their head in a direction to, to steer kind of thing. It's not the case. Riding is just leading. We're just leading our horses around with the reins, just like they were taught when they were babies. And if we sort of have that in our mind, then we have another more powerful tool instead of just thinking legs to make the horse go. Because uh, reins are to make a horse, they're more powerful to get a horse to change their thought because you can put their head in a new direction and, and, and pivot the whole body in a new direction. Whereas with your legs, you can't really do that. So to get a horse to steer in a new direction, you steer it, but you steer until the thoughts and the feet move, which means 
So say, say if you've got a stuck horse, and, this, and with Leisha, the first question, this was a method that we tried. Um, did I just say the word method? I, mm. I don't like saying that word. Sorry, that was a, a, a technique that we tried uh, to, to get her horse to free up and her not have to kick it all the time because it was obviously sucking back a bit on the legs. So going back to your horse at the gate, it was like, oh, we ride up, the horse starts to suck back. Instead of going kick, maybe just steer it and say, let's, let's steer over here and just keep steering until the horse moves its feet. And then when it starts to think forward again and starts to flow, then you go, right, now we'll speed up because you're interested in going forward now, your thoughts are going forward. I'll help you go towards your thoughts a little faster. So that's when you use your legs. Uh, and then, and then she, every time your horse stops, you just go, okay, let's steer in a new direction because the horse is leading off the rein like a foal. Always think about that in your mind. It's going to think and move its feet because you're leading it somewhere. So you just lead it round, round the corner with the rein a little and then the horse breaks that thought and then you just go forward again. So that's a good way. But the idea is you don't just automatically have this knee-jerk reaction that goes kick as soon as the horse feels like it's slowing down because that'll, that'll, that'll be the quickest way to get yourself micromanaging again. So allow the horse to stop. So if you didn't use the rein leading technique, you'd allow your horse to stop and go, you'd wait and then you'd say go again. And then the horse realises, but you, you're only waiting on the horses that are really sucking back, preparing for an argument. But if it's just a horse that's... Um, it's just stopping without all that brace and, 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 and it's not preparing for a fight with the legs, then straight away, as soon as the horse's feet stop, in the first microsecond of the stop, you say, go again. So, and, and, and you say, go, go a little fast. So you might go, go up into a fast walk. And the horse will go, oh, right, I just stopped and I got asked up into a fast walk. Um, and then the horse will go, oh, I might stop again. Then it goes, oh, fast walk. So that's basically handing over responsibility to your horse you're allowing it to make the decision to stop, but then you're saying, but don't stop. And then the horse goes, oh, oh, I can't stop, so I might keep going. And that'll help that horse free up and start to carry that forward movement. Whereas, I, whereas most cases, as, I, as I've been saying, people feel that horse slowing, so they just put their legs on and keep it moving, which puts all the responsibility on the person, not on the horse. And the other thing for allowing the horse to um, slow down, because you've allowed it to slow down, there's room to speed up. And legs are an accelerator, not a keeping going tool. So um, if you don't allow your horse to slow down, then you have no room to say speed up, which means you'll lose the effect of the legs in the sense of acceleration and, and, and that lift and life in your horse when you put the legs on to go, go faster. That's, yeah. <laughs> so the next question is from Michelle, and it stays on that sort of subject of... Um, maintaining or change, being aware of their thoughts but then changing them if you need to um, but it's a slightly different question than I've had before it's, um, it's about a little filly that you worked recently at a clinic you did a catching session with her at the clinic mm -hmm. well Michelle's gone home and she's been able to catch her at home um, but there's been this instant where she came, she came up to her in the paddock with a real face on so I guess that would be some sort of a nasty face um, but she just stayed there, as you showed her at the clinic. And she was thinking to herself, well, she can walk away if she's unhappy being here. Um, but she walked up to her and then became nasty. So Michelle's thinking that if she's engaging with her around food in the paddock, and when her behaviour is like this, then is it just keeping her in that thought? Um, what so? But what if she was to do something different? So maybe a, 
it, what, how would it be different if there wasn't food there and either she approached her or the lady approached the horse in the paddock where there's no catching involved, would that be better? And she is paddocked alone. Okay. Okay, and, so, um, and just, just for everybody, I guess, being a um, question and answer, but um, it's nice to sort of be able to sort of share some information on, on, on these podcasts, but um, I remember that mare because it, 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 yeah, I just had the photo there too, but also it was the, it was the last um, rugby clinic I did in Victoria. And we worked with Michelle on, on um, catching, and what we were doing was experimenting to see what the mare's like. And it was interesting because um, when we went out, she, she carries a very sort of angry look when you approach her and stuff like that. So I was experimenting with how is she, if I just walk into her bubble, how is she, uh, I mean, pre, uh, approach and retreat in her bubble, how is she, if I approach her bubble uh, with quite a bit of pressure and then maybe try and change a thought and, and, and reward a soft thought and just play around with a few things and... Uh, what I what I sort of you know I guess I started thinking with 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 Michelle is um, I think this is a holistic kind of thing we've got to be looking at. So instead of spending the whole clinic on how that mare is caught and how how softly she accepts Michelle coming into her space, um, what I, what we worked on was just let's work on what we can work on when she's with us. And every time you approach her, just note how 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 it is and. Um, you might manage that with approach and retreat and things like that, but um, because I'm a believer that you know you don't just go and fix catching at the catching, though, because a lot of horses don't like to be caught because they know what's next and they know that you know I know the program that's right, um, and then the the soundness comes in. So sometimes the way you lead them, the way you ride them, everything will help the next day when you go out in the paddock to catch, and that's what happened over the clinic. I think there was moments that the horse got better. To, to be and a little more softer and, and to be caught um, because we worked a bit more on connection and how the horse um, you know could feel about the pressures that we we're applying and, and feel okay about them so I think all in all she started to feel better anyway through through all the stuff that we were doing uh, so I think that's important for everybody else to recognize is if you've got a horse that's hard to catch or angry to catch you can spend every single day saying I'm just going to work on catching um, but a lot of horses that know the ropes they're angry about a whole bunch of stuff I'm not saying this is just 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 your horse Michelle I'm, I'm, I'm you know because there's probably other things in there but just as a generalization for people is there they could be uh, upset about a whole bunch of things and and and, and when I look at uh, some horses that are hard to catch and I, I, I look at the way they feel about being ridden and, and the way they ha are being ridden or groundworked and things like that and I go well if you adjust all that your riding and your groundwork and things like that um, you might find your horse easier to catch and sure enough there's been so many clinics now where people have come in the next day or or, 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 or sent me a message a week later so saying my horse has got a lot easier to catch and we haven't even worked on a catching lesson We've just worked on the horse generally feeling better around the person and, and engaging more with its work and feeling softer about what it's doing. And then all of a sudden the catching kind of fixes itself a little bit and you didn't have to turn into a master at approach and retreat um, in the paddock. Um, so, so it's a holistic kind of thing that we're trying to look at. So horses, 
to help them. Um, but just just in you know, back onto the question, um, she's a mayor, and I and I, I think like people, uh, I think we get so caught up in their faces and emotions, and it's we have to because we have to recognise how they're feeling to 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 to, to recognise when they're feeling better, so we can sort of know that we're on the right path. But I think some horses are more expression, just like some people. I've, there's some people at clinics I've, I've gone up and I've walked up quietly to them and I've said, are you okay? Are you alright? Are you, are you okay? Oh yeah, I'm fine. And I'm like, oh good. Because uh, I really thought you were really upset with me about something I might have been doing with you and your horse. And, oh, that's my concentrating, you know, that's the way when I concentrate and all, this, you know, different things like that. And, and I've been thrown for a, from a six from people who have different expressions and that, and I'm, I'm not saying that she, her hears back as a smile or anything by that means, but I, I, I say she's probably a very expressionate mare and sometimes a bit more expressionate than, than others. So when she's got a bit of a hard thought, it, it comes out, maybe a medium hard thought, looks like a super hard thought by the way she kind of gets all expressive in, in her face. That's, that's a maybe, I'm not saying everybody go out and, you know, it, it could be part of that, but also, um, I'd say if she's on her own, she wants company, but she's not sure. So if you're not sure about something and you've got past negative feelings, you're going to come up going, I'm not sure and I'm negative, but there's something I want, but I don't know, but I'm, 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 going, to be up, I'm going to be angry about it because I'm angry about the past and I've got all this other stuff going in my mind. And, and sometimes, you know, people say that horses are in the moment and they're all like, no. No, no, I, I, you know, there's all this stuff to say that horses are perfect and we're the ones that... The horses carry baggage, just, just like people carry baggage, and, and, and if that baggage is, is, is that baggage is walking up to you, um, she might want something from you and not be sure about it, but she's carrying all that other negative baggage, so, so that, that's in her mind at the same time as she's coming up, and that's where you get a lot of negative expression. So, so I think that, that comes into play a lot with you know, some horses. Other horses are completely in the moment with their, you know, they're like, you know, I'm right here and, and oh, you step like this and I do this and then you step away and I do that. And Whereas I think she's carrying stuff with her as she's walking up. So you, you don't want to take all that too personally and sort of get say like, oh, right, what am I going to do to fix all this? It's, there's a lot of it in there that's just part of her. Um, but basically, I'd just be there in the paddock with her and if she's like that, don't, just don't worry about it. Just, okay, you're like that. I'm just going to keep doing what I'm doing. Don't chase her away. Don't say, oh, I'm not interested. Don't even engage with her. And uh, Look at a grass. Look at a flower. Yeah, just keep working in the paddock with what you're doing. Just, just you know, maybe sit out there and just be there for her a little and just, just don't worry about it. Don't, don't, don't even bother about it. Like um, someone, I, I don't understand a lot about it, but I, um, I know a bit about being centred around horses, but... Um, someone said that I think it's the philosophy of the Buddha or something like that is uh, is you're the you're the calm amongst chaos and um, and you don't buy into that chaos and and her chaos is something that's in her mind and we 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 can if we feel sorry for her too much if we start to get all funny about it and and, and attach ourselves to to why they're like that then we actually draw ourselves closer to that chaos. Um, and she doesn't need any more chaos. That's that's already in her mind. You know that's that's in there, and so she just needs she just needs clarity, and clarity comes through you you not buying into her chaos. Um, 
so so basically you, you just go about having a smile on your face and keep doing what you're doing now if she if she challenges you in the sense then obviously you have boundaries so if she comes in and she comes in like I want to control you a little bit because she could be one of those horses that in a, in a natural herd environment she wants to sort of be in this sort of place and she want, doesn't want horses to deal with her like this or she wants to deal with horses like this and and uh, so she might have a way that she would wants to deal with you now it's okay for you to say I don't want you to deal with me like that because this is me you're still you're still in you still got a right to be you you're not taking her right away from her when she tests the boundary, your boundaries and if she comes in and she's got a hard way of being saying I'm in your space but I'm also thinking about maybe how come I'm not getting food or maybe maybe and she's a, she's a bit rattled and she's bringing that rattly feeling into your space well you say hey I'm I'm not I'm not I'm not I'm not I don't want any of that you don't step into her and chase her off you just you just be clear about that boundary and you just keep going about your business just whatever you're doing with a smile on your face and she's going to have to think about that when she tests the boundary she goes hmm, hmm that didn't work and she might find her own way in but yeah I, I would just don't worry about it just just go and do what you're doing and if you leave we go out in the paddock and come back in later whatever um, don't think about it too much just see what happens to see how it pans out uh, she she might come up with all that baggage and emotion, but over time she might just start to go oh. And then when she comes in soft, in a sort of like she wants to engage softly with you, um, you're there for her, and, and then you'll you'll be you, you'll know it, you'll know and you'll feel it. So you'll sort of say you'll be there for her when she when she wants to have a soft conversation with you. Um, but if you're reaching out and she's reaching out to you, she might reach out with a hard thought and 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 and. And, but if she's coming in carefully, what I mean is don't look at the expression. Feel for the barginess of her energy. So if she's kind of hard expression and she's kind of with you there, but she's kind of, her energy's a bit careful, that's okay. You, you can engage with that because she's got all this emotion, but she's trying hard to sort of do something with you. And, and she's been conscious. And what I mean is she's been conscious of your how you feel about it in the sense she's not just smashing into you like ah oh, hello you know like that she's going oh I'm really upset I've got a cranky face on me but hello and you go hello and you just keep smiling and she's going like, oh, oh that worked okay that's not happened or oh, maybe I'll soften a little bit so you're only feeling when you know you're not looking at the hard expression that she comes in with you're looking at the energy and the, the intention and that, that push of that expression, yeah, when it's like she's not listening and she's, she's almost feeling like she's shifting your energy. When she's shifting your energy, that's when your, your, your boundary's clear. But if she's got a really angry face and she's still soft about it and she's still uh, trying to understand uh, or respectful of your, 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 um, your area, then, then, then it's her trying to engage. It's just she's got a, a funny expression. Um, and that's just of sort of maybe the way she is and the baggage she might carry so I've probably led you on a, a on a, <laughs> a roundabout around the bushes a bit but but yeah but I, I just wouldn't worry too much about it just just be out there do your thing and um, only only feel for when her energy is super strong on you otherwise don't worry about the expression just just see if she naturally softens because because of your clarity and her understanding of you being being clear and 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 um, have a nice soft intention but a strength about you like strength is kindness kind of thing that's what we're gonna you know, our strength is a kindness to the horse and they need that kindness because some horses in, in the, 
they don't have the natural herd that, that gives them their place and that strength that they have in a natural herd. So they need that strength. They, they need that strength from us. So, so our strength will be our kindness for our horses. Thanks, very Michelle. good. Thank you very much, Mark. If you want to learn more from Mark, don't forget he's got online training videos over 340 now, which is just $15 a month, and you can trial them for free for seven days. Thanks, Thanks very much, Mark. We'll see you all in a fortnight. Thanks, Jamie. Thank you, everybody, for your questions.